Welcome to our podcast. My name is Keely Severson, and I'm here with Eric Johnson and Alicia Swami. And today we are here with our awesome sponsor and friend, the Rubinu, the <laughs> Michael Rubino, as known on Instagram. Michael Rubino is the founder of the Home Cleanse. Um, and also, Michael, you just launched something really awesome. You just launched a new foundation called Change the Air Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about your new foundation? Yeah, so basically Change the Air Foundation is a, a foundation that I started. There's a, a group of us now, and it seems to be an expanding group. Um, and our mission is to essentially help change the air, right? Uh, but more focused on indoor air uh, as opposed to outdoor air. And um we plan to do that through education, uh, policy reform, uh, scientific studies, uh, and I can kind of dive more into that too on, on how, what our plans are for that. Um, and just to help bridge the gap between the health uh, of, uh, of ourselves and the actual air that we're breathing inside of our homes. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear about some of the studies that you, you're interested in launching. Yeah, so on the study side, there's a couple of different ideas that we have. And obviously, we're, we're very much in the ideation stage right now. Uh, we're currently putting together our scientific advisory panel um, of qualified experts that can help us with this, right? But um, what with one of our products that we're launching uh, at Home Cleanse called the Dust Test, I'd love to talk more about as well, um, being able to collect data from people's homes, correlating that with, with whatever biomarkers that they're having inside of their bodies uh, could be a, a pretty big breakthrough in understanding how homes, what specific contaminants, um, and and the exact biomarkers uh, that they're that is affecting them, um, and help bridging that gap between practitioners inside people's homes like me um, and doctors, right? Combining that with researchers, because I think you guys know already that a lot of researchers they're writing papers without any input from doctors, without any input from people working in the field. And so if, if we can help bridge that gap through some of the products that we have, some of the data that we're collecting inside people's homes, real data, um, we're, we're, we're hoping that done in a proper way, we can actually get some, some good information across and into people's hands. Is that, is that the new product that you're launching coming up here, the new screening tool? Yes. Is that what you're referencing? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, I partnered with a lab called EMSL, uh, and we're launching what's called the dust test. Um, the dust test is uh, essentially very similar to um, you know what you would consider ERMI in terms of screening for uh, different molds that are present inside the home. Um, it has the capability of screening for mycotoxins, um, not all of them, of course. There's only very, very limitation on how many mycotoxins we can test for, but it's a great starting point. Um, and endotoxins. Uh, which are toxins that are produced by bacteria as they die off, mainly because uh, water damage environments can bring both mold and bacteria into the equation. So by screening for those things, by testing the dust, you're going to get a lot more accurate reading of actually what you're exposed to than by testing the air. Uh, I think we've all have, have been, uh, have heard stories of victims of people coming into people's homes, taking an air sample in the center of their room, and saying, yeah, all looks good here. We're all clear. Mold is not your problem or bacteria is not your problem, et cetera. And then after they actually start opening things up, they, they find some, right? And the reason it, for that is, is because mold typically aerosolizes a uh, pretty, pretty short distance from where it's located. Um, obviously, it settles in the dust. It transfers around the home. We do know that. 
but it typically does so once it becomes part of the dust and as dust moves around the environment. Um, but when you're not analyzing the dust, you have a, a very strong possibility of missing those things. And so, you know, when we screen with air tests to do a proper screen, you would really need to take uh, like a hundred different air tests in all different spots of each room and each part of the house to really be able to screen it. And I, I believe labs charge $79 per test or 59, somewhere around that margin. You know, you're, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars to essentially test a home properly to screen it. Um, when you screen the dust, you can do it for a couple hundred bucks, right? So it actually gives you a lot better uh, view as to the contaminants that you're being exposed to um, and uh, not not have to rely on one or two air tests to tell you a, a full picture because it, it can't. One thing that I think is confusing for people with the dust test is when they sample multiple locations for one sample and then they get a result because then it's like, well, where... Where was the bad dirt from? And I'm just wondering, will your will your test have variation of like one sample per area so that people know like, okay, in this area, this is where we need to look? Or like, how is that, I guess, how has that worked out? I feel like that really confuses people. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's no real perfect way to do it, right? We don't, we don't yet have this as a perfect science. Um, you know, the idea is to use it more as a screening tool. You know, uh, it's not going to help with identifying where it's coming from. But I think for, for where we're trying to do is we're trying to create a new entry point into this. You know, most people come into this equation trying to understand, do I have a problem inside my home, right? Maybe they saw a doctor. Doctor suggests that they may have a, a problem inside their home. Uh, they start looking online. They're having ex experiencing similar symptoms as some of their friends or family that may be struggling through a similar situation. And they don't have a good way to understand if there is a problem inside their home. So while it's not perfect, right, it still will require some investigation as to where the problem is coming from. It at least lets us know if there is a problem in the first place, right? We're getting peace of mind or we're getting information knowing that there's an abnormality here and we need to look for it. Okay. You also mentioned, is it okay if we talk about the other product, the one that's not launching Monday? Sure. Um, I, th I thought that this one was interesting because um, when we were living in mold unknowingly, we, our youngest child had a really bad cough in her room. And at that time there was no detectable smell, but a few months later there was, and the room had been taking on water. I mean, you could see the, could see like the walls swelling and like blowing up and cracks opening after like a week of rain. Cause we had a long-term roof leak and you could just see it was taking on all this water. And so we called our mold inspector back in and our moisture readings were dry. And we had so many obvious clues, like a new musty smell, mold literally growing on rocking chair, wooden toys, wooden dressers, all these signs of water and like no validation on the moisture eating. And you have a new product to detect moisture. I'm hoping that it's way more effective than whatever they brought at my house for this moisture reader. Can you tell us a little bit about what this device? Yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you on, on a high level, kind of what, what the product is, what it'll be called and the idea behind it. Um, it's called, it's going to be called home cleanse guardian, kind of like a, it'll look similar to like a nest. It's going to be a device that installs under your wall. Um, and what it's going to do is it's going to monitor changes in the actual moisture in your environment. Um, it's going to pick up condensation from an HVAC line that maybe is so minimal that doesn't actually create any visible signs, but this should pick it up. 
uh, when you have those those changes because in real time it's always monitoring the moisture content in, inside the room. And so when you do have these periods where it comes off, like maybe it's raining outside and you have some water coming in through a window, uh, HVAC's, HVAC's running, you're having temperature differentials is picking up that condensation from behind the ceiling that you can't see. Um, you'll be able to, to actually see those changes in real time and it'll alert you that something funky is going on in bedroom one um, so that you can get someone in there to see what's going on and take action. Um, this is especially important because you know people spend a lot of money improving their homes, maintaining their homes, right? And they want it. They want to feel safe and secure, knowing that there's not additional problems. And it doesn't matter how much renovations you do to a home. Um, unfortunately, things change over time. And so, giving people that first line of defense that something's not right, you know, like you said, if you can catch it a couple months before, you know, it gets to become a much bigger problem. It's going to save you money in the long run because A, now you can fix it before it becomes this big mold problem. And B, now you don't have to deal with all of the expensive health consequences that come with being in that environment. So, um, you know, the product's still very much in development and still very much in early stages. Um, I I don't think it'll, it, it probably wouldn't come out until sometime next year. But we are very excited at the possibility of creating this product, uh, getting it out into the marketplace and testing it to a level that we feel uh, is is adequate and will actually work as it's supposed to be. You already know what the alarm system will be. Will it be like an app alerting you or like a like a beep, like a fire alarm? Yeah. So there's going to be two different, um, you know, mapping this out. There's going to be two different programs. One, it's just app driven. Um, the second, it'll be you can pay like a monthly monitoring service, which will actually call you, you know, just as if somebody was breaking into your home. Hey, your alarm is going off. Is that you? Right. You will get a call and say, hey, just want to let you know, just in case, because we all get busy. Right. And we don't we don't always look at our apps and stuff like that. Um, so it'll have actually somebody will call you and tell you, hey, something's something's not OK. You want me to help you find somebody to come and check it out? And that's kind of the idea is creating this ecosystem. Um, where we have products that can, you know, keep us uh, aware of things that we're not always looking about and um, try to provide those solutions. You know, with Home Cleanse, the idea of changing from All-American Restoration with Home Cleanse, um, it was about trying to move the needle in a way where we're not just uh, the people that you call when you have a problem and you're really sick, but we wanted to come up with solutions of how to stop people from getting that bad off in the first place. Um, and so that's kind of where my focus is on creating the the future of what that looks like. Will that be a device that's recommended to have maybe one in each room and maybe one in the attic? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to have for it to be effective because it can only monitor you know changes in a in a specific square footage, right? So um, you know, it, it's fortunately it's probably going to need to have it in every room if you want to have it in every room. Um, you know, certainly you want to have it in rooms that are more prone to leaks, which obviously are going to be any rooms with a door or window uh, or plumbing fixtures. Um, and I think the attic would, would obviously make a lot of sense too, with, with this, the ability for the roof to leak um, through various different methods. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'll, it'll be something that you want to, you want to have multiple of not just one um, basements would be another great place to have maybe even crawl spaces, especially because we never go down there and check them. Um, so these are these are some of the the ideas of how I would do it, and uh, you know the goal is to be able to uh, give you the option of buying just one device or ten, you know, and, and create different bundles to make it as affordable as possible for people. 
Yeah, well, thank you so much for hopping on and updating us on your foundation and, you know, the direction of your home cleanse business. Um, I'm sure Eric and Alicia have good questions, so I'll pass the mic on over. Yeah. Um, thanks again for joining us, Michael. We just appreciate you. And you're just such a, you're so fierce in this industry. You got home cleanse, mold medic. Now you're, you're involved in uh, change their foundation. Something that I really loved when I went through your guys's website is that you plan on offering financial assistance. And we know this is such a burden within the population that we serve is that home is a mess and it's going to cost way too much for me to fix it. And my insurance doesn't want to cover it. Um, and I just want to know, like, what are you guys going to be offering or what is that going to look like in the future for the foundation? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to, it's going to be like anything else. It's going to start in stages. Um, the bigger we get and the more money, uh, we're able to collect from donations, the more we can obviously, uh, provide assistance to people. Um, but I think, you know, our, our main goal from that financial assistance perspective is actually to start tapping the government, uh, for financial assistance, because, um, I mean, there are so many people suffering, um, you know, even, even these floods that just happened these past couple of weeks, right. All over the country, you know, how these things work is FEMA comes in and gets involved. Uh, FEMA then kind of steps in and offers financial assistance for these, for these homes to get fixed. But, you know, I know in my heart of hearts that these homes are not going to be fixed properly. Um, and, you know, that, that, that kind of thing really upsets me because a lot of the government money gets squandered. It's not utilized properly. There's, there's not very good oversight. And I know this particularly because uh, I was around for Hurricane Sandy is actually kind of right around the time that my career started. And it was insane. You had trucks of people coming in from out of state. Um, all over, all over the, all over the country, essentially, um, and they were just picking people off the street, putting T-shirts on them that had their logo on it, and just going house to house, and I mean, literally haphazardly ripping stuff out. You know, guys, for seven years after Hurricane Sandy, I was still going back into homes and re-remediating them that were not properly remediated from Sandy, and people were getting sick and, and not feeling well, which is kind of what spun this whole. Uh, journey that I've been on this past decade, uh, because this is what happens, and none of us know, you know, and and we create the situation. We're all ignorant to it, um, and I think that's really part of the problem. So creating awareness around that. Um, there are some heartbreaking stories that I've I've uh, had experience with, uh, you know, military veterans living in uh, Section Eight housing in various parts of the country. Uh, the housing is not adequate. Uh, people are getting sick in there. Their kids are getting sick in there. Um, you know, I want to. I want to show people that. I want to. You know, share those stories with people because it's not okay. You know, and I, I don't blame the government. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not here to make enemies out of anybody. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people uh, unfortunately don't know what they don't know, and it's time to 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 create that knowledge and to have. I think. I think when we're if we're able to 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 really meaningfully and powerfully share these stories um, with state legislators, we can get some change going. And that includes financial assistance in a big way because, you know, raising funds and helping someone with $20,000, I know that I know that can change somebody's life and I'm all for it, but it, it it's a short-term solution, right? And I want to change people's life in a big way by making sure that we can change some of the ways we look at these situations and we get into these situations um, and try to move that needle forward. And so I know it's a big task. 
I know, I know it's not going to happen overnight and I'm cognizant of that. I know, I know it's not going to happen by me alone and, you know, the support of you guys and being able to work with you guys as much as possible, obviously, uh, you know, creates that cohesion to, to have more people aligned to make things happen. And so, of course, we're going to be looking to partner with uh, as many organizations that agree that this change is needed and, and can help us um, in various ways try to accomplish some of these, these large feats that we want to accomplish. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Home Cleanse, formerly known as All American Restoration, is a company that specializes in improving indoor air quality through proper mold remediation, offering services nationwide. You can visit them at homecleanse.com to learn more. The Mold Guy performs mold sampling and testing for homeowners, renters, and businesses. Please visit themoldguyinc.com to learn more. Black Diamond Services provides solutions to the unforeseen challenges that can affect homes and families with no out-of-pocket costs. Services include temporary housing relocation and mold test referrals for homeowners. Visit blackdiamondservices.com to learn more. Great Plains Laboratory provides toxic exposure testing to those living in compromised environments. Tests include the Mycotox panel, that tests for mycotoxins in urine samples and the envirotox panels, tests for environmental chemicals in the urine, and provides an overall metabolic snapshot of a patient's health. Visit gp-labs.com to learn more. Thank you again for your sponsorships. It is integral to our ability to serve our community and to improve the quality of life for all. I remember when uh, Hurricane Sandy was approaching, hadn't even made landfall yet. And I thought I could use this to raise awareness by predicting that eventually this is going to be Hurricane Stacky. And I uh, sent messages to all the MECFS institutes and um, advocates all over the place saying, watch this thing, because later on, this is going to be known for creating awareness of Stacky Botrys. And it did, but unfortunately, none of them responded. Yeah, you know, it it did create a lot of awareness. Um, I, I looking back at all the reports, there was obviously tons of stachybotrys involved. Um, you know, so uh it definitely did create some awareness, but not enough, you know, and, and it didn't move the needle. Um, you know, it's really difficult with these news cycles because you know it, it comes and goes so fast and nothing really happens if you don't capitalize on that. And um, you know, we, we've myself included, you know, we've just failed to capitalize on some of these stories to really uh, try to make a difference. And so um, constantly thinking of ways to uh, to do better on that capitalization and try to make sure that when we do have media attention on it, we can, you know, harness that attention and, and try to create more attention on because it's just so desperately needed. You know, we all know this, we're part of it. Um, but um, unfortunately, you guys, I'm sure see this all the time. There we we are in a circle of people that are aware, right? That circle may may have gotten bigger over the past 20, 30 years, but it is still so small, right? Compared to the population. Um, and so there's just so much work to do. I know that we, we probably won't solve the the entirety of the problem in our lifetime. Um, but as I look at it, you know, I want to be able to do everything that I possibly can. Um, you know, I, I still remember being that that 20-year-old kid watching people suffer and uh, you know, saying, man, this doesn't make any sense. We got to do something about this. Right. And, um, every time I kind of look back at, at, at where I started and where I came from, um, 
and I look at today, it's like there's I'm nowhere near anywhere near where I'd where I'd like to be and where I'd like to see this. Um, so it's 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 really gratifying to be able to just co- try to come up with new ideas every single day to try to figure out how can we make a difference, you know. And um, like I said, not not a perfect solution yet, but I'm trying every every which way that I can. As per uh, Keeley's question about sampling in different areas of the house, is there a way to incorporate like a a place, the location where the sample was taken into the database so that even though you might not be able to make that uh, information available immediately, it's still accessible for study purposes later? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there is a chain of custody, uh, just just like pretty much any test that happens. And within that chain of custody, you actually put where that where the locations that you did collect the dust from, um, you know, from a perspective of, can you collect dust from every single room and, and get a little more granular with it? You can, but the, the unfortunate part of this is every time a sample is taken, the LARB chat charges to analyze said sample. So it just becomes more expensive. Right. And so, um, if you're trying to work with somebody who is, you know, trying to conserve funds to get the information that they need to make a difference in their home, um, and they're not interested in the science project that maybe myself or you might be interested in, it's hard to get people to, uh, you know, uh, pay for all these additional samples for the lab to be analyzed. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a lab expert. I don't, under, I don't know their business model and how things work, but obviously, um, you know, charging per sample really kind of limits the the amount of data that we can get. So I think that's why we're going to start to see more, um, you know, aggregate data uh, of homes instead of individual rooms, right? So, um, but but in some cases we may, and we may get, you know, this is from the the bedroom, these two bedrooms, this is from the upstairs, you know, living room or den or whatever it is. Um, so we will have a chain of custody. I just don't know if we're going to get data from every single room. John Banta talked about an introductory method of looking at this called, he, he calls pathways testing, sort of testing for the proteins and beta-glucans and byproducts of mold and using this as sort of the foot in the door for further analysis. Can, uh, can that be factored into this as well? Yeah. And I think that's brilliant, right? I think that's kind of the whole idea of what the dust test is, is it's you're testing for the byproducts, right? You're testing for what is being created by these sources of water intrusion. Um, And that kind of allows us to back channel into, okay, now that we know what the sources are, where are they coming from? Um, You know, and you guys know a lot about stachybotrys, you know, the the odds of it ever showing up in an air sample are pretty slim. And if it does show up, it's, there's gotta be a lot of it somewhere. Right. Um, So being able to kind of look for those signs, um, you're, you're going to have a lot easier time finding stachybacchus in the dust uh, just because of its you know, heavier nature, stickier nature, than you are going to be you know, finding it in the air. So you know, the idea is to kind of open, open things up and look for that exposure um, that you're being exposed to and help trace back where, where it could be coming from. All right. Sounds like a terrific plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really... When you talk, I just, I really feel your ingenuity, your integrity, and, you know, we're right there with you, Michael. (laughs) And I think a lot of people listening today, what people don't understand about this work is that it's extremely hard. All odds are against us. Um, Oftentimes the people we try to help um, like to fight with us. (laughs) And this is really a labor of love, uh, of empathy for others and wanting to make a change to stop uh, catastrophe, really. 
I mean, as we could see from Hurricane Katrina, I mean, not only were there sick buildings, but there was basically sick regions, right? All these buildings together are just, you know, causing a basically a catastrophic ecosystem that's extremely toxic to live in. And I see, I think we all kind of see the, the slow train of problems and issues happening, and we're trying to be there to kind of stop it. And um, what I'm just really interested is in your foundation, are you going to be training others to learn or teach them how to do proper remediation? Yes. Um, you know, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm trying to get into the business of certification and start competing with other organizations on that front. Um, but I, I certainly want people to understand the foundation of what remediation looks like. Um, I, I built a uh, school inside of our, our main warehouse in Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, literally, we, we had the idea and started building it maybe a week later um, and finished it up in about March. Uh, since then, we've done a lot of filming there to try to, uh, you know, show people what uh, a containment should look like, how the air scrubber should be set up properly for negative pressure, um, you know, uh, different aspects of remediation, how to do the HEPA vacuuming properly, because even that, you know, can be done improperly. Um, you know, when you're treating, what you know, what is the goal behind treating? It's not just to kill stuff, right? We want to actually bring stuff to the surface and wipe it away or vacuum it away, and um, so a lot of that is 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 meant to be uh, created for people who maybe can't afford remediation, but are are handy and you know, or or just they're about to get handy and do whatever it takes to create a healthier environment for them and their family. Um, and that that is the goal. And so you know, definitely that that is coming. It's in the works. Um, there's a lot of educational video. I just filmed some some stuff a couple of weeks ago kind of educating people on how to keep water out and how to maintain your home because obviously water creates the the uh, opportunity for these things to become abundant inside of our homes. Um, and so, you know, my, my path is educating people because uh, I think we can make all the change and all the regulations and change all the rules. But if people aren't educated to advocate for their, you know, for their own uh, health uh, when it comes to their home, um, it's just not going to work. Right. Because unfortunately, rules and regulations don't stop people from doing bad things, you know, and I think that's what it comes down to. So we all have to educate ourselves. And that's, that's one of the main, um, that's one of the main pathways that, that I'm trying to create for people. Fantastic. Well, when you uh, put that out there, we'd love to, you know, promote that on our site and get people Absolutely. educated. I mean, that's what we're all about, right? We're, <laughs> We're all about educating on the health side. You are educating on the home, you know, maintenance side, and that's extremely important. They both need to go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, now, on your website, it says that you guys are um, pushing forward in initiatives with public policy. Um, have you guys started any sort of education or trying to reach out to, you know, government agencies or senators or anything like that? And if you have, have they been receptive to the information that you were trying to? Put? So yes, um, we have reached out to senators. Uh, Brandon Chapo uh, has, has pieced the point on that. He's actually the the chair of the po- policy reform um, entire initiative. Uh, but I've I have assisted Brandon on some calls with senators. Um, you know, uh, walking them through stuff on Zoom, uh, showed them uh, statistics and information uh, of why this is such a big problem, um, especially in Florida, where I have a location. I was able to pull up data from people's homes um, to discuss with them of just how prevalent this really is. And, um, you know, 
they've all have heard of mold, right? They've heard the word mold. Um, you know, they've heard of water damage. Uh, one of the senators even had a granddaughter that, you know, experienced some illness in a water damage environment. So she was familiar. Um, and, and the, cons- the, the reception is good. It is good. There are, there are obviously a lot of challenges, right? Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, industries that are entangled into the problem, right? We have construction industry, we have real estate industry, we have homeowners insurance, uh, we have the educational systems um, where because this is a problem in schools too, right? So they're looking at the sum of all the parts and they're you know seeking advice on how can we how can we make change um, in a way where it doesn't cause other things to completely fall apart. And being cognizant of that fact, right? Because we we don't want to bankrupt insurance companies and then not be able to insure our homes. Um, you know, I, I just as one example. And so it is it is an interesting challenge. However, it's it's kind of one of those things that I was explaining to them. It's like anything else, right? We regulate the emissions from cars. It creates a lot of challenges for businesses, but businesses overcome it, right? So yes, it's going to create some challenges, but we're going to overcome it. We're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to come up with new ideas. Um, you know, I have some ideas for the insurance industry to be able to, uh, you know, be able to properly cover people uh, and make sure that when there is a problem they can cover it. Right. Uh, so there, a lot of these ideas were, were being discussed. Um, Florida wrote a bill uh, off of our discussion. Um, that bill, that bill is tabled right now um, with midterm elections coming up. Um, we plan obviously after midterm elections to re-engage um, and, and get that bill brought up. We have another bill in Ohio that Brandon Chapo, um, you know, had really uh, been the champion of making sure that that uh, was written. Um, there's been some different iterations of that bill so far after certain health committees have taken place. Um, and the and the, uh, the consensus was, let's zoom out of mold for a second and talk more about water damage, right? And water damage being the gateway, obviously, we know it's the cause of creating that opportunity for mold. But if we zoom out of, of mold a bit and talk more about water damage, uh, just that buzzword alone, right? We're, we're not going to have as much restriction. Um, we're not going to have as much conflict with so many different people and organizations. So we're, we're looking at kind of that strategy uh, as we refresh our um, approach on how we get bills written. Uh, we, have, uh, we have conversations with senators in Virginia right now. Um, so we have Ohio, Virginia, and Florida right now. Um, it takes a lot of time, as, as you guys can imagine, right? Meeting with senators and reviewing re- reviewing drafts of what they're sending over, um, adding comments to it. Uh, and then, of course, it has to go to all these other people that we have no control over to review as well and add their comments. Um, so there is a bit of a time uh, process with this. We also need constituents, um, people that live in that state to support the bill, right? And to call call their their senators, um, letting them know that they need to support that bill, um, you know, and obviously getting getting uh, some attention around it uh, to further drive point the home that this is something that we want as a civilization. Uh, and so there's 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 some steps in that. Uh, Brandon spends a lot of time kind of when constituents are looking to uh, make the change, uh, kind of coaching them through how to do it. Um, cause it, 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 it's an, it's an overwhelming process. Anything bureaucratic, uh, and sending paperwork in, right. can be a bit difficult to, to navigate and when you couple that with not feeling well, um, you know, uh, living inside of a home that's impacting you, uh, all the stresses of life that you're dealing with, with that, 
um, declining health, right? And now you have to add all of this bureaucratic stuff to your plate. It does, it, it is difficult and it requires, um, you know, some support from us. So it, it is, it is definitely time consuming. And it's why we're trying to essentially tackle some targeted states um, as we finish up those states, move on to other states. Uh, so it, it's going to take a few years uh, for sure to get where we want to go. Um, I, I suspect that we'll have some failures you know, um, and we'll learn from those failures and have to try again. Um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, it's a journey. It's not an easy fight. It's an uphill battle. Um, I was shocked at some of the people that supported the bills and some of the people that did not support the bills. All of that's uh, information that we can we can physically see. It's public information. Um, so we have our work cut out for us. But you know, one thing I can tell you is um, this is a big part of, of of our foundation's mission, and it's something we're not giving up on. Fantastic! Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just I look forward to seeing you guys evolve. And yeah, it's just like uh, Keely had mentioned prior. It's just a lot of this stuff is bureaucratic, trying to get everything set up and get the paperwork right, and mm-hmm. you know, make sure we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's so we can move forward. And and we're kind of in that uh, position right now too. And you know, we have so many ideas, and we want to launch them all right now. But it's like one step at a time. Um, and so we find yeah. doing one step at the time really, really helps. And yes, I agree with you. When you're committed to a cause, it doesn't matter what failures, what blockades, what obstacles you have, you find a way to overcome them. You become stronger and you build a solution. And we're totally there with you. We're vibing on that same type of energy. And we really would love to continue to support and promote you guys in any way, shape or form. Um, Another aspect of your uh, foundation I'd love to talk about and something that maybe we can even talk behind the scenes in the future um, is your clinical environmental research that you guys actually are going to be raising money to provide grants or um, whatever that looks like um, to interested researchers or people who are really passionate in looking into this. Um, and now I know that you know that we are very on the hypersensitivity kick. Um, this has not been a validated thing. Um, a lot of even professionals who are mold experts don't understand it and like to chalk it up to something else, whether it's hysteria, whether it's quorum sensing or whatever coherence people are talking about these days. So this is something that we're we're just really interested in. And Eric right now could give you a whole setup for at least five important experiments and research studies we can do. So that's something that we'd be really interested in chatting with you about and, yeah. and possibly partnering on um, validating certain aspects of this illness. Well, I would be I would be delighted to to partner with you guys on on anything that we can come up with that, you know, um can get it done. Right. Uh, your comment on hypersensitivity is, is a, you know, it's crazy to me how other people don't see it. Um, you know, I've walked into people's homes before where they were so sensitive. Um, you know, I couldn't bring my cell phone in, uh, I couldn't bring any computer or laptop in. Um, I have visited people who, um, you know, were sensitive to light and sound to the point where they literally soundproof the entire room. And like there were blackout shades all over the place. They could not, they literally hurt them, right? Um, so for uh, for to say that you know hypersensitivity is is something that doesn't exist uh, is impossible. Um, you know, I've 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 just been to too many homes, right? Um, I know that may be anecdotal evidence, right? But when you start to see patterns, I don't care if it's anecdotal or not, right? It all starts off as anecdotal until somebody verifies. Um, when I start to see patterns, uh, and those patterns hold true. Um, you know, that's all the truth that I need. 
And there is definitely something going on when one person out of a family of four uh, seems to be extremely sensitive to chemicals or light or sound or their environment and three of the four don't, right? So there is obviously something there. Um, And I think from where I'm sitting, we can no longer just ignore this and we can no longer just, uh, you know, uh, vilify people um, and not not take their word uh, at face value. Uh, we need to investigate. We need to figure out why it's happening, how it's happening. Um, you know, it's very obvious to me that mold uh, is a trigger. Um, definitely is. Uh, whether it causes it or not, I have no idea. And I'm not trying to get into the whole hysteria that that saying something like that might bring. But there's something there and it's not being looked at. So I think that th- these are obviously some of the problems. Um, in research, obviously, uh, most research is done on lab rats, as we all know. Uh, a lot of the research on lab rats shows that mold is a big problem. However, for some reason, we have people out there that say that, well, that that's on a lab rat, so that's uh, you know not definitive. Well, so is everything else that you study. So you can't just pick and choose when and when something's real and when it's not. Right? Um, these are these are some of the problems that we're dealing with, and you know I just can't figure it out. Um, but unfortunately, you know, what I'm about to tell you might surprise you is um, just in the industry that I'm in, uh, you know, there, there are certain people that um, badmouth me or, you know, say certain things, kind of like the mean girls uh, or something. And, and I don't really understand why, right? Because I'm here just trying to do what, I, what I'm doing to help people. Um, but I guess, you know, if I were to guess maybe certain people feel threatened, right? And when you look at the scientific community and the research community and the academia community, right? Maybe, maybe they're, they're, they feel threatened by certain things that if they were to come to light or for whatever reason, right? But we can't look at that and accept it. We have to, we, we, people need real information and that real information can save lives, right? And that's, that's the part that, that really kills me is you know, while we're all fighting each other on on different things that exist or don't exist and trying to sell different stuff and whatnot, I think at the end of the day, we need to validate these things so that people have the information to get better or to prevent themselves from getting sick in the first place. And while we're fighting, that's not happening. And that's what really, really tears me apart because, you know, it's, it's just, it's just silly. Yeah. You know, it seems like research and science has become so egotistical and just so narcissistic that everyone wants to make a claim and they want to attach their name to that claim and they want to be the big next star. And I mean, Eric could tell you, I mean, he's been in the game for 35 years. Anyone who tries to make this about them or, you know, just an ego driven thing, they fail in the end and they never get anywhere. And I, I feel like when you put heart empathy, passion into this, like that's, what's going to win in the long run. And that message and the way that you deliver it and the way that you're helping is really going to turn people around and say, Hey, this is the person that actually is helping people. This person has screwed me over. You know, it's like that person will get their claim to fame, but they're going to die off eventually. And the people who are going to be left are going to be the people like us, people like you and whoever is tied to your foundations and whoever is really in this to help people. Um, And Eric, I don't know if you want to go ahead and tack on some historical information uh, on that. Um, I'm sure you do because you've seen it. You No, don't even get me started. We can cover all that later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? And I think, it's tough. And I think, you know, um, 
I guess I'm grateful that I have thick skin, uh, you know, because I could see why certain people may get started on something and then give up, you know, because it's, it, it, it you know, at the end of the day, we're human beings. And, uh, you know, we're, when we're constantly dealing with conflict, trying to get something done, and then you have, you know, other conflict that's just not necessary conflict that enters into the mix, you know, it, it can be draining, right? Um, so I'm just fortunate to have thick skin and the, you know, my, my goal is, I'm doing this or I'm going to die trying. And so, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some somewhere before I die, but you know, it's, it's, I wish we could just all work together, right? We're all, we're all here for the same cause, um, or at least we should be. And uh, if we all work together, um, we might get something done. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us today. Keely Severson is passionate and committed to exposing the truth about toxic mold and its effects on the human body. Many mold-injured people are often misdiagnosed with autoimmune conditions, nerve damage, mental illnesses, and other chronic health conditions due to the lack of knowledge about water damage and toxic mold growing in their homes. The crippling effects of toxic mold on the body has destroyed many lives. Been there, done that. When she became a healthcare provider specializing in acupuncture and herbal medicine, it was only then that she truly began to understand the connection between her health and the environment that she was living in. Three years after becoming a licensed care provider, she became incredibly ill. She was suffering from kidney failure, reoccurring UTIs, and various negative mental health symptoms. When she learned that her family had been dwelling with mold trapped under her kitchen floor, the relationship between the toxic mold factor and her health finally began to make sense. It became part of her life's mission to help educate society on the extreme effects that mold can have on the body. Her work is vital because there exists a lack of experience and acknowledgement for mainstream medical practitioners and even mold experts. She has firsthand experience dealing with mold exposure, and she makes sure to address all the signs and symptoms during every environmental screening that she performs. She's developed a line of organic herbal tinctures and formulas to help most patients reduce symptoms commonly associated with toxic mold exposures. These symptoms vary and can manifest themselves very differently from person to person. Her herbal education and experience has helped her increase awareness and recognize signs in patients that may result from their toxic environments. Keely's dedication to learning and understanding the effects of toxic mold and educating and bringing awareness to her patients and other providers keep her motivated. She knows just how devastating the untreated consequences can be on your health and the health of your families, relationships, and life outcomes. If you or someone you know may be affected by toxic mold exposure, rest assured that you and Keely will work together to find a solution. By working together to treat the symptoms and stay educated on toxic mold exposures, we can reduce the impact of this devastating phenomenon. To consult with Keely, please visit exposingmold.com slash consultations. That's exposingmold.com slash C-O-N. S-U-L-T-A-T-I-O-N-S. Book your appointment today. So um, if anyone is interested in looking into you, your foundation, your your company, or anything like that, where can our guests find you and seek your... Yes. So you have uh, homecleanse.com, and that's the uh, company that 
provide services and and very shortly products to help you uh, navigate your journey and improving your environment. Um, and then we have the moldmedic.com, um, which I'm sure will change at some point uh, very shortly. Um, that is going to uh, be where you can find me. Um, you need a consult with me one-on-one. Uh, you you want to write to me anything uh, there. You want to see anything I've put out, videos, social media, articles, it's all there. Um, and then you have changetheairfoundation.org. So if you're looking to, to find a nonprofit, um, anything that I said that resonates with you, you know, join, volunteer, please. Uh, we, we need more people in, in, in various different states that want to help us bug their senators to uh, make sure that they, they're aware that we need change uh, in state, reg, uh, state legislation. Um, and um, I'm also, I've also almost done wrapping up my second book. Um, which I, you know, only have a working title, so I'm going to hold that for now. But um, that's also part of the 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 main reason of pulling off of the mold medic, getting ready for for the next chapter here. Which is, um, it's going to zoom out. It's going to have a lot of information on mold. Um, there's a lot of advancements of things that I've learned over the past three years since I first wrote the book um, that I want people to have that I think is valuable information. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of entanglement with different industries that um, need to be adjusted and want to create that awareness of how that that may look um, in the future. And so uh, the second book, uh, I think, is going to be uh, immensely helpful. As I realize, it probably should have been written first. Um, <laughs> looking at the concept, you start off, why? what is the problem and why? And then the mold medic is really the how. Um, so we're going to talk more about what and why um, in this book. So I'm very excited to uh, to kind of shift gears um, you know, transform myself out of the mold medic and more as myself as an author, Michael Rubino. Um, and this is what, what the next chapter might look like. So, um, you know, it's where December is the, uh, second year anniversary of when the mold medic was released. And I, I can't make any promises that this book will come out in December, but that is the goal. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Michael. We'd love to also extend an invitation to our mold tour here in Truckee, California. I'm here with Eric uh, hanging out in the woods. He's actually going to be putting on a mold tour uh, that describes uh, where CFS started, how it started. Um, He's taking everyone to ground zero. He took me there um, as a hypersensitive individual. It was very intense. Um, I don't know how it, how it would be for someone who isn't hypersensitive. Maybe they would feel something, maybe they wouldn't, but he's basically helping people understand the paradigm, what's going on, where it all started. And also to validate people's hypersensitivity symptoms who still can't quite wrap their heads around it. So we'd love to extend that offer to you. It's going on September 9th through 11th. If you are interested in joining, we are also filming this experience. Um, So anyone who joins us on that date will be in our docu-series. And so if you are interested, let us know. If not, totally fine. We have a million dates uh, planned ahead in the future. We've had a crazy amount of people reach out to us. So um, we will be doing a lot of private tours, et cetera, but we will uh, definitely be filming on that weekend and um, creating our own docuseries and our own documentary, basically on what Eric has been fighting for and what uh, evidence has been suppressed for the last 35 years. So just throwing it out there. Don't, don't need to make a decision quite yet. Just feel free to reach out if you're interested. So thanks everyone for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Michael is just a Titan. He is a rock star in this industry. He's a great guy doing wonderful things in this world. And we can't wait to see how he evolves. And as always, we're going to be a big supporter of you. So thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for having me.